0: Episode two, we're gonna walk through free agency, the combine, the draft. We're gonna try not to be the assholes who talk about sixth rounders and seventh rounders like we know what the fuck we're doing. Because I mean, I think we do. We know how that goes.
1: Don't that feel good when your crowd behind you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's give them something to chill for now. Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. And I say, this stop
0: stops me. Tampa stop. 2. Tampa 2. Temper two. Think it's a game. I came up from nothing. You can't tell me. Yeah, did it on my own. Check out my neck, check out my wrist. Yeah. I swear I ain't never expected it to be like this. Now I'm getting rich. This one's cool because I think this is the first year, and Matt, you can stop me if I'm wrong. This is the first year we were really big players in free agency in kind of a different way than we were, you know, after the Anthony Collins, Michael Johnson signing. So, we'll touch on all that and then we'll kind of get into some specifics coming up on this draft, which obviously is something we're excited about.
1: Yeah, I think Jason Light went on a different path like you said, of free agency going with um not as high-profile guys, but bringing in guys that uh, you know, it, well, first of all, he had to re- we had to rebuild the defensive line. So, I think if we want to start there, touching on, let's see if we get all Bo Allen, Vinny Curry, had the trade for JPP, Mitch, your urine. Am I saying that right? Do we know the. No, the, I have no idea. The, uh, interior defense alignment from Denver. Um, so pretty much a rebuild D line, which we had to do. So I think everyone's uh, thinking that it's definitely an upgrade bringing in JPP. Probably the biggest uh, biggest we've move we've made so far.
0: Yes. I think JPP, here's the thing. I love him because he played at USF, and obviously I'm a homer, went to college there. But I'm, I am very curious to see where he's at in his career. Because if he's a 10-plus sack guy, I don't think New York lets him go. But all that to be said, he's still light years better than what we have or have had in some time. Yeah, bringing something off the edge. McCoy's never really had a guy,
1: a 10-sack guy next to him, so that's good. And then Noah Spence, I feel like, you know, me and you talk about that guy all the time. He's still going to be a guy that, you know, what's he going to give us? If if he can give us some sacks and coming off the edge on third down, I, I still think he's going to be kind of an X-factor on the defense.
0: I think Noah Spence has a chance to be really, really good because now Vinny Curry and JPP are going to be the every down ends. But where I think Noah Spence right now can excel is just coming on, you know, some second, mostly third downs and just rushing the passer, doing what he was good at in college. And I think that's where he'll excel, at least in the beginning. And if we, for whatever the reason, install some of those three, four packages, he can play, you know, obviously that the right or left outside backer role. Yeah, absolutely. And Bo Allen, a guy, uh, Brought over from
1: Philly, the way they kind of use their D line and uh kind of watching them, you know, go through the playoffs and stuff, they did a lot of switching. So, so they go about eight deep on their D line. So, not a lot. A lot of their guys got, you know, a ton of. I think he played fifty percent or somewhere close to that of the plays. But I think he's a guy that'll come in and help at D tackles, stuff the run type of guy. You know, don't look for him to get up there in sacks, but you know, another good player saw a thing, I believe on Joe Bucks, I want to give credit whenever we, uh, you know, see stuff. It's kind of weird. They talked about Jason light, having the attitude on free agents different. And he brought in a lot of guys that if you've noticed are kind of later round picks and guys that kind of had to work their way up and, uh, you know, kind of like that, you know, those guys have a chip on their shoulder and hopefully that uh, works out a little better than what we've done in the past.
0: Yeah. I think Vinny Curry of all of those guys was the only higher round pick. If like Jensen was a six rounder, Bo Allen, I, and hopefully I'm not incorrect, but I think he was undrafted. Uh,
1: so yeah, seventh round drafted, you know, JPP high, but you know, we traded for him. So uh are Not a, a high profile guy in your um Yeah. So just a bunch of hardworking dudes kind of get after it and, man, we haven't done that podcast in so long, but you forget about, we brought in uh, Buckner as our D line coach and people kind of got juiced about that a little bit too.
0: I do feel we have a shot to be a better unit than we've been in a really long time. You know, I think, when was the last time we even had a defensive line that was consistently getting sacks? I know everyone always says, you know, the heydays, like back when Sapp and Simeon Rice and all that, but I think... The last one that I can remember where we were at least serviceable was Greg Schiano. There was one year we were pretty solid and that was when Levante David was blitzing all the time.
1: Yeah. Blitzing. Yeah. You kind of haven't seen it just being able to get a lot of pressure from the four linemen. So I think you're right. We're more talented. Hopefully the coach kind of pushes the guys. And um, like we said, finally get some, a couple guys next to McCoy and let him shine. He's, he's kind of been the guy always been able to, you know, swallow up double teams. Maybe we get him uh, singled up a little more with JPP and Vinny Curry. And like you said, Spence coming
0: in on third down. You know, what's interesting though. The only thing I'll say about free agency this year that I think I, I saw this and I didn't want to believe it to be true. So last year, if I told you Robert Ayers was as good as Vinny Curry, would you believe me?
1: No, but I, I know where you're going there. So <laughs>
0: last year, Vinnie Curry had one more sack, but he had two less pressures. So I think on the season I believe it was Robert Ayers who had 17 quarterback pressures where he either is like pushing or touching or just putting pressure affecting the throw whereas Vinny Curry had 15 but he had one more sack so he had three sacks Ayers had two yet we were in line to pay Robert Ayers 3 million and we essentially the guaranteed money all things considered this year I think the cap hit it's probably 11.5 because it's a 6.5 million dollar guaranteed at signing, his cap hit for the season 6.5, so whatever that is, you know, close to 13. But it's essentially a one year deal, which is good, and that's kind of the thing the Bucks have been doing. They front load everything. It's the same as true for Ryan Jensen, except his is a two year out. But it's definitely more money for Vinny Curry, who's you know a couple years younger than Robert Ayers, so I get it. But I am. I am curious to see how that works out. I think we all agree JPP is a stud, and he's been that since he's been in the league. He's he can play. I'm more curious about Vinny Curry coming off the edge than anything.
1: Yeah, I think number one, I'd say, a time for Robert Ayers. You know, not giving you a ton of production, being hurt a lot. Like you said, you get younger with Curry, and the only thing I'll say with them is, like I touched on before, the way the Eagles use that line. I don't know the exact numbers, but I guarantee he played a lot less. Um, they just rotated so many guys on that line. They'd bring Chris long in on third downs. So just kind of use different. I think he'll get more snaps here. Yeah. Hopefully he just kind of shows out being uh being next to McCoy.
0: We can only be so lucky, right? Hopefully
1: fingers crossed. And then going over to O uh, O-line bringing in Jensen. I know that's a thing. A lot of people were, uh, One to do mainly because we're moving Marpet back and kind of a strange move that we're moving him to left guard, which before he was a right guard, and now they're wanting him to go to left guard to, I guess, be next to Donovan Smith. Um, I'm guessing to be a kind of dynamic in the run blocking. Is that kind of how you see it? I,
0: I hope so. You know, the whole time in free agency, the thing you hear about Ryan Jensen is he's this nasty player uh and i saw i'm not a huge fan of the pro football talk thing because they always rate donovan i mean not because of this but this is an example they rate donovan smith as like one of the worst left tackles however if you watch the game i would i don't think anyone would say he's the best in the league but he's definitely not the worst i think he's a really competitive left tackle but those guys every time i hear them talk about the draft they're like we need to get a left tackle and i just don't see it that way but ryan jensing Jensen had a stretch of five games where he was arguably the best center in the league. He also had a stretch of about four games where he was considered the worst in the league by those numbers. So I think with him, I mean, he's a young guy. He last year was his first year starting. So I think he has a shot to be really good just based on kind of his size, you know, attitude where he comes from background. I
1: I agree with you. I, I think people may need to temper expectations a little bit because Last year was kind of his year to burst onto the scene, and I believe his first year as being a full-time starter, if I'm correct. Um, so, let, you know, let's not say he's a pro bowler coming in or anything, but more so people are getting excited that we get Marpet moved back to guard, which I'm a fan of as well. We'll kind of get into talking a little more, I believe, but Dodson kind of had a, a little surgery, and then we're, we're going to have to figure out the right side of the line, but the left side of the line, you know, with Marpet, and
0: Jensen, and I think that can be really solid. The right side, let's touch on that. I definitely, I mean, Damar Dotson is a good player. I think he annoys me at times. Best year, according to all the uh,
1: quote unquote stats and all that stuff. But yeah. He had
0: his best year for sure. He just annoys the hell out of me with some of the dumb penalties. I feel like if he just didn't do those, I mean, he would definitely be one of those top tier guys. And And the numbers already say he is, but I think. I hate using the eyeball test, but at the same time, the eyeball test will tell you at certain times he just makes these really dumb penalties and it's, it's frustrating to watch, but all things considered, he's a really good player. The biggest concern I think on the O-line for us is going to be Sweezy because there's a two part to this. First off, if he's healthy, that's one thing. Then the other side of that, it, if he's healthy, like you, he, I mean, last year, all, all intents and purposes, he was healthy. But I wouldn't say he was back to what he was when he was in Seattle. So then you get into, well, maybe De- DeMar Dotson takes you know a little bit longer to recover. Maybe he misses first game of season. I don't know. They expect him ready for OTAs, but you, know, you, you never know how things go. Let's say he misses sometime. So who's our right tackle? And then let's assume Sweezy is not playing well. That right side looks pretty rough. And, you know, we're, we don't know what's going to happen at the running back position. So we're hoping we have someone, uh, that's a little more capable, you know, more of a bell cow back, but we're going to really need that right side to at least be good.
1: And I think he'll be back in time for training camp from everything that I read. So hopefully he comes back and if he kind of duplicates last year, I think that's a win. And then, um, but Hey, you know, if we only have to worry about right guard, I, I think we're in a pretty good spot.
0: I would agree. I think this is one of those years, you know, for us, we talk about all this and it gets a little nitpicky, but at the same time, if that's our biggest worry on the offensive line, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll figure that out. You know, switching gears a little bit, a free agent that I think in a really positive way has not received nearly enough attention, and that's going to be the kicker Chandler Kanazaro. I th- I don't know how to say his last name. Canazaro, blah. Whatever, you know, who I mean, can is,
1: it's been a position that has been kind of weird for us lately. So hopefully it comes in and stabilizes things for us.
0: You know, it's interesting the the money side of it, I mean, we're paying them 3.7 a year. I, I'm not super versed in what kickers make, but I would assume we had to kind of pay him a little bit to get him here.
1: All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get into the draft a little bit here. We are, as of now, we're doing this April 19th. So we are seven days away next week which is pretty crazy um pick number seven let's uh let's just the thing I think we're all watching is everyone's talking about the big three that are not quarterbacks in the draft that Saquon Barkley Bradley Chubb and Quentin Nelson are you just no matter what if, if any of those guys are there at number seven are you
0: running to the podium or how do you feel about it it's so tough because two of those guys, to me, are the best players in the draft. I think Quinn, Quentin Nelson and Saquon Barkley are the two, two best players in the draft. Bradley Chubb is right there with him. But I just think those two guys are really special in their own right. That's probably the best guard we've had out in a draft in maybe 10 years. And equally, I think Saquon Barkley, you know, as as good or close to adrian peterson when he came out and i think those are really rare to find those guys so i think if you find those you get them yeah and i'll
1: uh i'll give guys a little preview i guess of i'm a big notre dame guy so i've watched every game of quentin nelson and if you guys know about you know zach martin from dallas if you guys watch him uh quentin nelson is as good or better so i'll just i'll leave you guys with that he's He'll be a pro bowler in this league. And that's kind of the only reason that people are talking about him that high because of his position being a guard that
0: usually doesn't happen. But that dude is a stud. Just had to give you my uh, Notre Dame opinion there. I knew you were batting for the home team on that one. That's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at the visits that the bucks have had, you know, the pre draft 30 visits. It's really interesting. First off, it's super defense heavy. So it doesn't give too much away. The guys we're talking about at seven that are in play. All those guys have been here. Saquon, Bradley Chubb. So let's play in play at seven. I think we're talking about those three guys. Minka Fitzpatrick is available. See, that's where it's tough for me because Minka and Derwin James, we keep getting linked to. I, I don't personally feel if it gets to that, that's where I would trade back. Going back to your original question. If it comes down to... Saquon and Quentin Nelson are gone or Bradley Chubb is gone. That's where I'm definitely moving back. No doubt in my mind. I wouldn't stay and take, you know, a Minka Fitzpatrick.
1: You're not sticking to take Minka, Derwin James, Denzel Ward. Yeah. I'm kind of going along with you there. I, to be honest with you, I, I kind of want to trade back regardless. If we can pick up, you know, we gave the third for JPP, I kind of want to get that back or another second in this draft. What I really want us to accomplish in the first two to three rounds when you, you know, you're getting high quality players is that running back position, probably cornerback. If we have the luxury of having another pick in the top three rounds, which right now we only have for first and second round, but if we get back in there, then maybe go, you know, uh, a right guard or right tackle or something like that. But those are the, kind of positions. And I think that's kind of where
0: everyone's kind of linking us to right now. You know, I've heard this once from someone saying, will Hernandez, the guard from UTEP is in play. If we were to trade back and he, he, that one's tough for me to, to think that we would move back and take a guard considering all the other holes we have, particularly at corner and running back, but he's a really good player. The other one I think that's kind of interesting is V to V and I, I know you and I have talked about this, but he can play him next to Gerald McCoy would be a crazy interior defensive tackle and defensive line with those two. A, lo- a lot of people are talking about B2B. Big, big, guy. I think he played a lot more
1: nose tackle, I believe, at Washington. But they're also saying he can't play uh, in the four or three type of thing and put him next to McCoy.
0: Yeah, I think if I had to put all my money and chips on the table right now, I think Saquon's going to be there at seven. Man,
1: isn't that that interesting to say? If we went and got a haul like Hernandez, and I'm just a big fan of these, I guess you want to call them secondary backs, but you talk about Geis from LSU. You talk about both of the backs from George and Jones from USC. I'm a big fan of all those running backs. So I'm fine if we get, any of those i think they all bring uh juice to our offense and kind of complement peyton barber so if we can get a guard on offense one of those guys and then with my big thing is we need to we need to get a cornerback or touch on that secondary at some point because right now if we're talking about grimes which by the way re-signed grimes for another year if we're talking about him on the outside Shout out vernon hargraves at nickel Miko. um I don't think we really don't have everyone in place on that on that outside corner on the other
0: side, so that needs to be uh, addressed early, in my opinion. My favorite running back in this whole draft is uh, Sonny Michelle. I just, especially after last year, watching what Kamara did in New Orleans, it's hard to think about not having a running back that can do that, who can catch it, who can run it, who's just all-purpose. But at the same time, Nick Chubb is a great running back. In my opinion, I just would lean a little bit more towards uh, Sonny Michelle. But all that to be said, if Darius Geis is there, I don't think anyone's going to be upset with the way that guy plays.
1: No, and I don't know that we touched on this on our first podcast, but look at our division and the way the NFL kind of goes, unless you have a stud like an Ezekiel Elliott. But look at our division. You go Panthers. Panthers. With Jonathan Stewart and McCaffrey kind of split in time. Atlanta, you got Devontae Freeman and uh, Coleman split in time, Kamara and Ingram in New Orleans, kind of the way the NFL goes. So if we believe Peyton Barber can give us a lot of first and second down reps, like you said, that it kind of does make sense on getting a guy who can catch out of the backfield and be explosive. And yeah, I, like I said, I think any of those guys who are after Barkley I'm I'm I kind of like all those guys um and think they could all bring something to us but man I tell you what if if Barkley's sitting there at seven Mr. uh Mr. Light's gonna have a a tough deal say no to that though
0: yeah I, I think all this goes out the window if it actually ends up coming down to Saquon is is somehow still on the board I think it's like a draft day movie moment where it's like, you just put his name down on a piece of paper. And if it ends up working out, you roll with that. Cause he might be the most talented running back in the last 10 years outside of Adrian Peterson.
1: And the good thing is for people that don't follow it as close as us, the three guys we're talking about up there, chubb Nelson and Saquon, at the end of the day, if any three of those go on our roster, we're a better team for it. So let's be, you know, let's be clear about that. Now, fortunately, being not as good as we should be and not having the roster that we want, you kind of get into need, which is not a good way to draft, but you kind of talk about positions
0: of need, which every team has. Thankfully, this draft in kind of an odd way lines up with us because it's like either of these scenarios works for us. We stay at seven. Bradley Chubb, you know, if the run on quarterback happens, right, we have a shot at getting the top defensive end, top running back, or top guard in the draft. Let's assume all of those get taken. We're obviously not going quarterback. Then we have a shot at getting the top safety, the top corner. We don't need a linebacker. So, and then let's assume we do trade back. We could still more than likely probably get the top defensive tackle or and again the top safety and still in the running back you know realm, come back in the top of the second round and still get a guy who will come in and immediately start. so it's like for us, those first two rounds I feel like line up really well or even though we'll probably draft by need, it's still going to work out in a really good way because we're going to get a good good player. yeah and when when people are watching the draft, two
1: is going to kind of be everyone's kind of expecting. And I I think so too, at number one, Cleveland's going to go whatever quarterback they like the best. So two is going to be kind of that pivot point um, with the giants. Are they going to go quarterback? And then that's going to have some domino effect um, on who's going there. So two is going to be a big pick next week when
0: we're watching. Okay. Let's play a game here. Let's make this a thing. Okay. Pick number seven. Who do the bucks end with? I'm
1: gonna go. We gotta go one or can we go two
0: here? There's a lot of things that could happen. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Go ahead. You got two scenarios. Go. Okay,
1: I'll give you the, the two that popped in my head are Quentin Nelson and Denzel Ward. I do not think Chubb or Barkley will be there at seven. Um and I would say Ward. I just know Jason Light's such a big fan of the offensive linemen and man, Nelson as a stud. And obviously, I'm not going to be mad. I'm a big Notre Dame guy. I love the kid. And if we get him, it's going to make our line better. I do think it's going to be a hard pick, like I said, as far as need, because I do think running back and defensive backs, we need more than our offensive linemen. But I, I kind of think it's between the way I see it playing out with the first six picks. I see it being Nelson or Ward.
0: I think for me, I'm gonna go with one and I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences. Even though I think Saquon could still be there, I think we walk away from this with Derwin James. I think the Bucks really think he might be the safety of the future in that he's big. He can shift and play linebacker similar to uh, Jefferson from, from Arizona. I think he's rangy. He's not quite Eric Berry, but he's rangy. And I think he can hit. He's a great tackler. He can play in the box, out. He could probably play free or strong safety. And in a pinch, more than likely, he could probably be your nickel corner. I think all those things considered, where we're at you know, as a defense, I think Derwin James is the one for me that we walk away with. And I also think uh, I won't go that far. I was going to say we trade back to get him, but I still think it's seven. you know, that might be a little high for safety conventionally. But if the guy ends up playing for us for 10 years and he's good, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And I'm,
1: if you ever talk to me, I'm a big guy on there's no such thing as, as reaching. If, you know, if a guy that you think at 15 is going to be an all pro or pro bowler, and you take him at ten, you know. I just I don't see that as reaching. I I kind of get uh, frustrated when I watch those ESPN yo-yo sometimes. But I do believe that light like, like Derwin James as well.
0: Hundred percent. Okay, let's let's play a fun, a more fun game. Which because this can tell a lot about you as a person, and I think this is an interesting conversation. Which is your favorite running back in this draft? I think I know the answer for you, but go ahead.
1: I, man, as a, as an every down or like what fits his team. Cause I think that's where, I mean, we're not talking about Barkley. Obviously we both think he's the number one, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, so I think we're talking about the other four guys. We're talking about Darius guys chubb sony michelle and ronald jones correct yes um i like michelle's explosiveness i think i kind of see him as a complimentary guy i love the way darius guys runs the freaking football if you watch that dude i'm i and i think he can kind of be an every down bag i, th- I think that's kind of why i lean more towards him because i think you can give him the ball 25 times i don't think necessarily you want to do that with michelle um so i i'd go with guys but i will tell you what people i don't know why people are so down on chubb that dude put some football on tape man at georgia if you watch either one of those backs man those guys were awesome so it's kind of hard for me to separate any of the guys
0: i agree here's a question I guess I'll follow that up with. Do you think Kamara is a complimentary back or an all down back? Well,
1: I guess I'd say it depends on the offense In new Orleans offense. He could be, if you're talking about maybe a, a Carolina um, or a Dallas type of single back downhill offense, I, I don't know that he's quite that guy, but I mean, he's a hell, of, you know, he's a guy you want to get in space. I just, you know, when I think of those every down guy, I'm thinking of a Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Adrian Peterson, you know, and I, I don't necessarily know that I would
0: consider him that I, I can agree with you there. I think with that kind of thought in mind, considering where the bucks are at, I think, you know, and I kind of was asking you these because I was trying to get at the same thought. I think Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones are probably the guys that that we should really focus on just because of what they could be. And I think if I had to put money on a guy I, I would like to see, I think Nick Chubb might be that guy just because he can catch the ball pretty well. He doesn't catch it quite like Sonny Michelle, but he's good in his own right. Um... I think he he's probably as good a catcher out of the backfield as Ezekiel Elliott, which he's obviously been more than enough in Dallas' offense. So for me, I think we walk away, you know, with my first pick and second, if we say we walk away with, you know, Derwin James and Nick Chubb, we just got a starter at safety and running back. I feel like those first two rounds are a win for us. Uh,
1: I guess I'd say I'm a little... I don't know if I want to say happier, but maybe more content with our safety position than most. You're right. I think Derwin James can bring some things. I think, I don't think he can play like a nickel type of cornerback. I think he's a guy you bring in down at the line, a linebacker to, to cover tight ends and stuff. I just think that leaves us. So if you go safety and running back, then we still have the holes at cornerback and offensive. Um, I'm not crazy about the safety pick, but like you said, if he's a great player for us for 10 years, then no big deal.
0: Yeah, I think that's where that conversation, and this this is why I think you and I won't touch on all the other rounds because you start getting into the Joshua Jacksons of the world that are super talented, but they... They're probably going to fall. I don't think he, him specifically, I don't think he falls out of the second round. But, I mean, there's there's some other guys that I think might, you know, I think there is, I cannot remember his name, but there's an LSU corner that's really good that I think probably falls third, fourth round. And th- that could be someone we look at. And and
1: the reason I bring some of that up too, remember, we don't have a third round pick. So that's, that's kind of where we're getting uh, a little dicey too.
0: Oh, you are correct. JPP.
1: Yep. So, three for three, that, that's why I think they're both. That's why I'm, I'm still a big proponent of moving down because I, I would like us to pick up an additional first or an additional second or something to kind of cover that third round pick. Because I think that's answering us a little if we have to go first and second round and then not picking until the fourth.
0: No, I agree with that. That's the right thought. You can say I'm right. I mean, I'm, I'm used to it when we're talking. Uh, probably not going to do that. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I know I said we weren't going to do the third or fourth round, but, you know, I don't know how much FSU football you watch, but Josh Sweat, that defensive end, like 3-4 outside, he's kind of similar to Noah Spence. Man, if he's sitting there in the fourth or fifth round, that might be somebody i take a look at. I'm just saying. He can play. Oh, yeah, there's guys. I just don't like touching
1: on that too much. Like, you see all these mocks, and I'll go one through seven. And last year, go a mock that had us take in Justin Evans in the second round. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we don't know who's going to be there. We don't know who we're looking at. So let's go that first and second round. And, you know, we kind of touched on guys, and if we trade back, and um, we're talking about those running backs in the early second round, but it's just it's hard to predict and you know, even these ex experts, your, your, uh, your BFF McShay and Kuyper on ESPN, they won't even get the first couple of picks right in the whole draft. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's
0: a, it's a tough thing to predict because you just never know. And you know, you hear GMs and coaches talk all the time about, there's just so many deals that are on the table that they walk away from. Like today uh, Jason light had his pre-draft press conference and he actually said, he was offered a package right before he selected Mike Evans that he had to actually pause and think about because it was a really good package. And you know, someone inferred that it involved taking, I think it was like three picks back. And then for the bucks, the pick would have then been Odell, which that would have been a whole different you know conversation altogether. But the thought process, he said, he thought about it and just felt good about where Mike Evans was and he wasn't willing to walk away from that. And I think those kind of things happen so often. And if you get a team that really feels strongly about, you know, a quarterback, you never know what can happen, especially Baker Mayfield to me is kind of that, that wild card up there and that top seven. Cause I think there might be a team that just gets super desperate and flies up there to get him. And we could be the beneficiary of something like that.
1: Yeah, and that stuff that you know, you get all these smoke screens you're going to hear it for the next week. This team likes this guy and you yeah, you never know what to believe.
0: I mean, in the first, in the top 15, every team likes all those players. Those are all great players that could play on any team. That's the whole point. It's just then finding the fit. So, the smoke screens and kind of the the bullshit that gets thrown around is just that. You know, none of us know, nobody really knows. We can all kind of objectively take an educated guess but that's about it uh
1: fortunately for us you picked a good day to do you want to go over the schedule real quick monday night there's ray j let's go you coming to town for that
0: i'm gonna try man you know I definitely gotta get out of nashville i'm not trying to go watch these titans play that's for sure
1: <laughs> yeah like you said tough three games look at it so we'll run you through the first couple and then the fourth one We are at the Bears, and then we have a bye week. So that's our first four games, the three you said. Saints, Eagles and Steelers at home, Bears on the road, and then a bye week. Me and you have already talked a little bit. Don't like the bye week. Don't like it having that early. I think it's way better when you get a bye week later in the season. Give yourself a breath. Um, So not psyched about that. I'd say those first four games, at minimum, need to be two and two. I don't think, you know, that's nothing great to say, hey, you're 500 after four weeks, but I, you know, I think that's when we got to beat the Bears. I like us going, I like us going into that first game in New Orleans and and pulling out of W. I think it's way too early. You know, we got a lot more to see what happens, but I like us going in there. Man, those, that Eagles and the, and the Steelers at home are both going to be tough. Maybe a little bit of a blessing getting the Eagles early you know when's coming off the injury maybe he's not as sharp early in the season maybe that helps a little bit
0: that's exactly what i was thinking you know the saints i feel like anything in division i feel like this for all the teams i feel like any team can win anytime and i think that's true we proved that at the end of the year last year the saints needed to win to secure their spot in the playoffs and we uh we played, you know, we played really well. We ended up beating them in the last, you know, couple minutes. Jameis with that pass to Chris Godwin, which was incredible. That was kind of a turning point where I think it could start being way more competitive for us. The Eagles, you hope, you know, Carson Wentz is not. A, no, you don't want to see him not a hundred percent, but you don't want to catch him at a hundred percent comfortable playing against us. That's not something we want to deal with. The Steelers are the kind of the same thing. You don't want to get them when they're at 100%. The Bears, I feel like we should win. Then we got that bye week. And then the rest of the schedule, we haven't really touched on. But I agree with you. If we can get out of those first four at 500, that's a win, considering all things.
1: No, you're not feeling great about it. But obviously, you'd like to go out three and one. But you, you feel like you're still in the season. Um, I just say, you know, you don't want to come out of there going one and three going into a bye week, not feeling great. And the first couple games after our bye week, we go to Atlanta for the Falcons. We have the Browns at home on the road to the Bengals and on the road to Carolina. I think that's going to be a stretch that's going to be big for us. I think out of those four coming out of the break, um, our early break, we need to get three of those um, if we're going to be serious talking about playoffs um talking about going to Atlanta I think you need to be able to beat the Browns and the Bengals and then kind of you know if even if you split with Atlanta and um Carolina then um I think you're still in a good spot
0: yeah completely and that next stretch I think is where we'll we'll know what we are as a team cuz we're going to play in Atlanta then we have the Browns at home and then we're in Cincinnati, and then we're in Carolina. That stretch right there, I feel like realistically, coming off a of bye week, you'd like to think you can get the Falcons, and they're in division, so you'd like to think we get that win. Let's see oh, yeah, like you know, let's see us freaking go on a three-game win streak
1: there. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'd like to see. No, you know, none of this like oh, get and there. Let's let's go. Let's get on a little roll after that. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking for us to do that
0: after that bye week. Of course. And and realistically, the Falcons, Browns and Bengals, two of those we should absolutely win. One of those is going to be a really tough I think the Falcons game is the only one, you know, in division that's a tough game and then of course the Panthers same thing. But the Browns and Bengals, they just don't scare me. I don't care who's playing defense for them or who any of those scenarios just that's they don't scare me.
1: No. They haven't they you know Bengals kind of been going downhill past couple of years. Browns, you know, brought in a lot of guys, but you know, like we're saying, if we want to be a playoff team, let's, let's get those wins. So we touched on uh
0: touched on a good amount of stuff tonight. Yeah. You know, it's good to get this podcast out. We're trying to just give our takes, let everybody know kind of what we think as two guys who grew up in Tampa, lifelong fans, and think we know some shit about some shit you know, yeah, regarding wanna, the bucks.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can uh get this going a little more consistent as our goal. And um we still got some more, hopefully definitely by next after the draft next weekend we'll definitely have something else out. Touch, you know, maybe on some Deshaun Jackson stuff. Um there's a there's a lot we can talk
0: about. So we wanna cut it off here for tonight. Let's cut it yeah, let's cut it here. You, you probably heard enough of our boring ass voices for the night. If you guys got some thoughts, you want to email us the Tampa 2 podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at tampa 2 podcast underscore.